Welcome to Sublime Review Bites, a bite-sized podcast from my main show, Sublime Review. My name is Ashley. In this episode, I review The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It. This is a segment from my main podcast, Sublime Review, so please be sure to check that out when you have the chance. Otherwise, please enjoy. So let's jump straight into our final segment of today, where I'm going to be discussing um, the film I just watched yesterday, The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It. This is the third film in the, this is the third film in the main Conjuring uh, franchise. How, how exactly would I say that? So there's the Conjuring franchise, the overall franchise, which consists of the Conjuring movies. And then there's the Annabelle movies and the Nun movie. I think the Curse of La Llorona also is included within that franchise. So there was the Conjuring 1 and then Conjuring 2. So this is the third Conjuring film. I'm just going to give you an overall breakdown of my thoughts. This is going to be a non-spoiler review, I promise. Although I may talk a little bit about the previous two films nothing too spoiler or anything about that just my overall thoughts about these those two films so I can uh, really give you a sense of how I felt about the third movie and the third movie definitely gave me some mixed feelings this was a uh, one movie that I I feel like I've said this a lot lately but this is definitely one of those films that was at my highest most anticipated film of 2020 but was also unfortunately pushed back until 2021. But still, I was ready for this movie to come out. It's been five years since the uh, second Conjuring film. Yeah, five years since the first one came out in 2013, the second one came out in 2016, and now this one came out this year. Um, And (laughs) the director of the first film was James Wan. He did not return for the third film, unfortunately. Um, Instead, it was, passed on to Michael Chavez who did Curse of La Llorona which was a film that I didn't see but I understood had some issues it got some very poor reviews I I didn't want to judge him because again I haven't seen any of his films Curse of La Llorona was his debut film and since I didn't see that film I didn't want to judge him for this one but I still was disappointed that James Wan won't come back to finish like what I consider to be the main stories within this whole franchise the story following Ed and Lorraine Warren he didn't come back for that and unfortunately the film kind of lost a part of itself I think because he didn't come back for that but I'll get more into that when it came to like the first two films James Wan he first film was kind of your standard haunted house slash possession story it really hit the ground running for this whole entire franchise still one of my favorite horror films even though I've seen it maybe about five six times at this point and I don't really get like like super scared anymore because I kind of know what's happening but there are still moments that that still freak me out that still raises the hair on my arms and so that was kind of like your standard scary film but what really brought it and tied it brought it and tied it together was James Wan the director he did a fantastic job the writing was also really good and most importantly Vera Farmiga and Patrick Wilson as the two leads were very captivating in that first film and so 
I immediately fell in love with them. And from that point on, I knew that the Conjuring series was something to watch. And then he came out with part two and he switched it up a little bit on us where it became a little bit more investigative. We still had the possession. We had the haunted house backdrop. You know, that was your kind of standard there. He still gave us our little scares, but it was definitely more of a investigation. It was more of a, um, overall, he just took a, like a different type of direction with it. And I appreciate it because we got to really sit down with the two lead characters and really watch them work. Um, so I appreciate that. And I knew from the second film that the third film could potentially go that route. And this was even before I knew what the third film was going to be about. And I'll, I'll talk about what it's about in a moment. But yeah, the quality in terms of the directing for the those first two films have been great. James Bond, James Bond, James Wan, after those two films, or you know, after the first film, he decided to branch out you know, his franchise. And so he brought in other directors to help build out this franchise. And so I think after the first Conjuring movie, Annabelle came out, that was directed by, uh, that wasn't directed by him, it was directed by someone else. And then, you know, they came out with Conjuring with Annabelle 2, Annabelle 3, The Nun, The Curse of La Llorona. And I have to say that in terms of the overall quality of, you know, the directing and the writing of the Conjuring franchise, it has is hits and misses. A lot of misses, I think. A lot of mixed bags. I think the only other films aside from The Conjuring 1 and 2 that I really enjoyed was probably Annabelle. Not Annabelle Comes Home. That's the third film in that little series there, in that trilogy. But it was Annabelle origin like her origin story how this you know this haunted doll came about that's the only other film that i would probably put close to part one and two of the conjuring every other film within its franchise is either mixed or really poor with the nun possibly being at the lowest <laughs> oh i hate to say that but like at the bottom of the barrel the nun sits i, I don't want to get into to the nun i was talking with my sister last night when i was dropping her off um after we saw a the third Conjuring film. I was dropping her off to her friend's house and I kind of went into this little tangent about The Nun. One of the most anticipated horror monsters, horror monster movie that I was looking forward to in 2019 and it was utterly disappointing. Oh, I, I, I will never get over that. You know what? And I will take this. I will even take if they decide to redo The Nun. I'm just saying, if they decide to actually take that, that bad guy, that villain, who they've been setting up since The Conjuring 1 and redo its movie, I'll take it. I'll, I will ignore Nun 2019 for a brand new Nun movie. Okay? Bottom of the barrel film. Um, I didn't mean to go into a rant like that, but yeah so yeah the other films in the franchise just haven't held a candle to me in terms of you know they just weren't at the same level as part one and two of the conjuring and even with the conjuring 2 it was still quality directing quality acting and all of that again it departed it went into like another direction still with the haunted the demons and you know the possessions and all of that but it added on additional character like additional genre i should say and um but i was okay with that because it still retained that level of quality but my point is is that because one and two were kind of the only films that really had that high level of quality that's just what made that film highly anticipated so much so that even though it was released simultaneously Simultaneously on streaming and in theaters, I was like, yeah, I'm gonna go see this in theaters. That's how big it was. I decided to put money into a theatrical experience that I could have saved 
just watching it for free on streaming and I you know I didn't even have to pay for it on streaming unlike with Cruella but uh so and I have to say that overall again mixed bag so let's start out with the good the good definitely has to be the acting Vera Farmiga Patrick Wilson as Lorraine and Ed Warren continue to be compelling continue to be captivating they are such a great duo in horror like one of the best teams in a horror film so dynamic their acting is just always well it's always just good you know they always bring it you can you can tell that they really care about the story about their franchise about you know about the warrens and so they really try to emulate the warrens i'm presuming that they met the real ed and lorraine warren so you you really try to see them make them into real people through the films and i continue to appreciate them they are the glue that holds that is now holding this that is now holding my attention to this franchise let's put it that way in this particular film they've had they both had i think some really good standout moments but i also think that with the overall story and the script that even they couldn't really save the script and the story the storyline and i'll get into the story that's kind of where the bad falls in line for me these two were great julian hilliard played by a uh, david played david he did a great job you know great child actor ruari o'connor he played arnie he did a great job and sarah Catherine hook she played debbie she was arnie's girlfriend again good all the actors did a good job the acting was great i realized that i forgot to tell like the overall premise of the story so let me just give it here it says paranormal investigators ed and lorraine warren take on one of the most sensational cases of their careers after a cop stumbles upon a dazed and bloody young man walking down the road accused of murder the suspect claims demonic possession as his defense forcing the warrens into a supernatural inquiry unlike anything they've ever seen before and this movie is inspired by a true story where a man where a 19 year old man named arnie killed his landlord and in court he claimed that the uh, devil made him do it and the the warrants were a part of that case um it made it was like a huge international case so rory o'connor he played arnie and he did a good job he did a really good job in his portrayal so I, i'm not going to go over the acting again but i think overall the actors did a really good job in this so let's move into the actual story and the script and kind of where i became disappointed in the overall in overall film so the one thing was definitely that it was not scary and i should have kind of known better from the second film because the second film while it has scary moments it was definitely because it went on that more investigative route it wasn't like the horror film that the first movie was and i was okay with that you know i was okay like i'm okay when a horror movie takes on a more serious you know it takes on a more um what's the right word for it like i guess serious may be the right word like a serious you know take where it's more about the actors actually acting and what is the word that I'm trying to think of like more of a prestige quality not it's just not trying to be like your standard horror film and I, I'm okay with that um and that's what the second one did and that's what when I learned about the story behind this third one I figured that they were going to do because it's about this court case right but I still expect a horror movie to be scary and it just was not scary it's really unfortunate because there were build-ups to be scared like there were some great build-ups there were some great scenes that could have led into some really scary moments that unfortunately just did not pay off 
any end to me. And it there was even in some cases where what was meant to be scary, like again, it started out, you can see like it's, they're setting up to be scary. And I think part of the reason why that was so effective, that kind of setup was due to the sound design. They really play with sound in this. Uh, either making things really quiet or having like you know small sounds in the background to help build up tension the sound is quality is really good like it really played into that but that build up but even with that the, you know sound quality and the, the build up the final moment like the jump scare the part that's supposed to get you would either turn out to be all not that scary at all or it would just be really goofy like there's this one moment no spoilers or anything but there's this one like monster like this this dead person is possessed or whatever and they i don't know what they were trying to do with this character you'll know what you'll know exactly what i'm talking about i'm gonna just tell you what the scene was not what was went like totally within the scene but just give you just like an overall general view of the scene ed and lorraine go into a morgue and they encounter a monster or ed encounters a monster and i'm just sitting there like what is this like (laughs) it was so it was so goofy and it just sucks because the setup would have been really good because you know how a lot of scary movies they do that you know the build up where uh, you know the main character sees something in a shadow and they can see it's a figure hidden in the shadow and that setup that they did was really good but then when they revealed the monster I was like really and just the way that that film was also kind of, that uh, scene was also shot just made me think like were you guys trying to have fun with this because I just I don't understand I don't understand why this character why this was the monster i don't understand how this supposed to be scary it just seems like you guys were trying to have fun and be goofy with this just the way that it was kind of shot when you get to that morgue scene you'll know exactly what i mean you'll be like what is this <laughs> so it wasn't that scary that's one of the biggest disappointments and there's the second biggest disappointment which is actually probably my number one biggest disappointment it it was how they did the whole court case so just to tell you again the story was about a real life court case in which a young man killed his uh, landlord and he was put on trial and he claimed that he was you know possessed by the devil and that's what resulted in him killing his landlord and what made this this film disappointing was how they handled or how they didn't handle the court case i'm trying i don't want to give away too much or anything like that but they just didn't do enough with it they gave us the the setup like they uh again they set it up they set up like at the very beginning like his lawyer came in and said you know she uh she gave the uh what is it called the testimony i don't know uh, lawyer jargon courtroom jargon or anything like that she went to the judge and said you know my client was possessed by the devil and then at the very end they give us the verdict but in the middle is where it kind of just didn't do it for me where they follow ed and lorraine through their uh through their investigation um again now i do love the investigation, the investigative parts of this. I like Ed and Lorraine going out trying to figure out what is really going on here, but I would have really liked to see the court case be the primary focus of the film and then the investigation, you know, Ed and Lorraine's investigation be interspersed through that because that entire middle part of that was... I'm like, this all has to be like, like none of... I, I wonder like how much is this is like really, like what really happened with you know the real life Ed and Lorraine like did any of this actually even happen you know what is all of this story that you've managed to cram in here I don't get it so that was just disappointing the uh overall um 
that middle portion. I just feel like they could have done a lot more with the court case. I just, I would have liked that to be the focal point of the overall story. I, I just think that would have been really cool. Like, and I think it would have elevated the series uh, more so because I think that uh, again with the second film they took us into a new direction by adding that investigative quality and so I, I think it would have been really cool if they had continued just to add on more genres into this uh, main franchise into the Conjuring franchise by turning this into more of a court drama that would have been really interesting interlacing uh, that with uh, the actual demonic possession you know in the investigative parts I would have preferred that I just think that they kind of dropped the ball in terms of how they set up the overall story of you know this third film last thing I want to talk about before I just finish off with my uh, overall thoughts on it is the directing there were some directing moments that just kind of made me go Ugh, where they used a lot of slow-mo I don't know if they used a lot of slow-mo in like the first two Conjuring films but it was very noticeable to me and I was like what <laughs> you know they use a lot of slow-mo there was a lot of like overt like blurry camera work you know shaky camera work you know, the, sometimes some scenes, they, the way they be shot just didn't feel right. It felt kind of amateur. And I, I say this as someone who does not have like film experience or any like shooting, like all that shooting, much shooting experience or anything like that. But it still felt amateur compared to like the first two films. Um, so I didn't really care for the directing and you know, how things were shot at times. Overall though, I say that this is definitely the weakest of the main Conjuring films. The first one is the best, second one is the next best, and then this one's at the end. In the overall franchise though, this is not the weakest franchise film. The Nun, <laughs> like I said before, like I ranted about before, is definitely bottoms of the barrel horrible. <laughs> um, so, but this one will go more so in line with so for me, it would be like The Conjuring 1, The Conjuring 2, Annabelle Origins. I forget the exact title of that, that movie, but, you know, her origin story. And then everything else kind of goes. And then it's like all the other Annabelle movies. And then it's The Nun. And remember, I didn't see The Curse of La Llorona. So I would put this third film like right under Annabelle Origins. Because um, it is slightly better than Annabelle 1 and Annabelle 3. So yeah, it, it, it's just, it's not one of the best films in the uh, entire franchise. It's definitely in the middle. In terms of like the main three, you know, the main uh, Conjuring films, it's at the lowest. Would I uh, recommend going to see it in theaters or stream it? I would recommend streaming it. If you are a fan of the Conjuring films and you were just looking forward to this film, then just stream it. Don't spend your money going out to go and see it. I don't think it's really worth it. I would temper your expectations in a sense that it's not scary they set up for a lot of scares but it does not they do not pay off at all the best thing i can say is just temper your expectations stream it when you know whenever you have the chance just check it out this does not ruin my my overall interest in the conjuring franchise if they decide to go with a part four i just hope they don't bring back this uh director and this writer let me talk about the writer real quick i didn't mention him in a story but this writer he actually did write on the first two Conjuring films. The first film he wrote with two other people. In the second film, he wrote with two other people, including James Wan. And so this writer, his name is David Leslie 
John St. McGoldrick. He he was the only writer now on this third film. And I have to say, he really needed the help of those other, of James Wan. Like, James Wan needed to at least come back and write the script with him, as well as those two other writers who, um, let me look up their names. Chad Hayes and Carrie W. Hayes. Okay. Oh, I'm, I'm reading it here. So, James Wan, sorry, Chad Hayes and Carrie W. Hayes wrote The Conjuring, and they wrote along with James Wan and David, The Conjuring 2. And now David Leslie Johnson McGoldrick is the only one writing on The Conjuring 3. And yeah, he needed help on this. <laughs> Cause it was, it was just poorly, it just wasn't all that great or anything. I didn't notice that like James Wan, that both he and James Wan wrote the story. So I don't know, maybe James Wan did kind of drop the ball a little bit in terms of the storytelling. Um, because I think they really should have just they really should have restructured how they told this story. One of the biggest cases about demonic possession, but rather than have the, the actual court case prove that he was not guilty, you don't make that the forefront. Instead, you just make up this other whole other story and you put the court case at the beginning, at the end. Like, how does that make sense? It's like the story kind of writes itself in a way. Like I said, this doesn't make me lose interest in the film franchise. Again, I'll check it out for the fourth one again because I love the two main characters so much I at this point these two are holding this all together they're keeping it all grounded and I greatly appreciate them for that so that's it though stream it and then let me know what you guys think you can visit my Facebook page at sublime review or my Twitter page at review sublime yeah let me know what you guys think about the overall franchise you know and I, I look forward to hearing your thoughts again my name is Ashley this is Sublime Review I will talk to you guys next week on Saturday uh, I'll be live on at 11 on northcoastunderground.com and this show will be up on Spotify and Apple as well later on today so that's it have a great day guys bye For tuning in to Sublime Review. Every week I'll bring you the latest news in the film and TV industry along with a review. Sublime Review is live on Saturdays at 11 a.m. on northcoastunderground.com and available as a podcast on Mondays on almost all streaming platforms including Anchor, Spotify, and Apple. You can find me on Twitter at Review Sublime or Facebook at Sublime Review. Talk to you next week.